St. Pete Sam, and that's my brother, Max Flowers. This is Under the Influencer. A show where we sit down for a drink with the influential people of Tampa Bay. Or occasionally, occasionally us. us. It's Halloween. It is spooky season, which to me is, I think it trumps uh, Christmas, Easter, all other holidays. I think it's the most fun. It's just, you can, you know, you can do as much or as little with it as exactly. you want. You know, it can be fun or it can be horrifying. Exactly. <laughs> well, what I love, and I mentioned this to you the other day, so many holidays are surrounded by obligations. Yeah. I mean, family dinners and this, and you got to run out and get all the gifts and Halloween. And I'm sure this changes when you have kids and you have to like take them trick or treating, but even that's fun. Like, I just like that. It's pure fun holiday. No obligation. Like, let's just be scary. Yeah. Pumpkin flavored everything. Pumpkin flavored everything. Horror movies all come back in droves, which I just love. They all become available and I have to hunt them down and keep a spreadsheet of which is on which streaming service now. (laughs) You know, this franchise is on Max and this franchise is on this and it's so exhausting. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. We've you obviously we are big fans of spooky season. Yes. And I feel like we've done a lot over the top for it in our in our day. <laughs> we have. I think that you more so than me have really nailed costumes. More than anybody. I've always, I love a costume. Well, I love a performance, you know. I I can't help but not, like, I've never been one to just kind of throw on a costume and be like, I'm a ghost, you know. For me, it's always been what era was I in? Because I was a cat at least four years in a row. And then I, I was a version of a Jasmine from Aladdin several years in a row and Pocahontas. Um, and, and I would stick with them. Like I think, and then I had a big hippie phase. Oh, that's right. Like yeah. Bell bottoms, tie dye. I thought I was the coolest thing ever. And I stuck with that for a couple of years. I, I had kind of costume eras too, though. I, um, I, my big phase I went through for at least three or four years was like, pun costumes yes i was really into like a play on words costume so like one year i was a serial killer right but with a c so i i had a big black t-shirt with all these cereal boxes just attached to it and we murdered and maimed all the boxes one had like bullet holes one had a machete through it your hat was a a mini cereal box with an arrow with an arrow through it pretty cool that was a fun one. That had to be a, that was a peak for sure. I remember thinking that was just I was really into that. And I remember hearing I don't remember why, but like I think somebody the idea came from uh some customer of our dad's at the at his print shop or something. I remember they said that they saw somebody do something. I was like, "That's hilarious. I'm going to do that but better." And and then that led to a string of still fun, but I'd say less successful pun costumes. Yes. I was Captain Hook. I don't know how successful that one was. That was a real thinker, okay, because <laughs> I, I was dressed in, like, full military, like, garb. Yeah. At, like, helmet. camos, helmet, ammo vest. I need more bullets. Like, <laughs> all of that. Like, full army battalion. And then... I just on my on my shirt was a little name tag very small and it just said the word hook so but we made sure that my army patch on my shoulder was the ranking of a captain that's a real uh so I was a real deep dive there (laughs) and I I feel like that year you just got a lot of oh he's an army man I was an army man but I liked that too because it was like Oh, because I was also kind of getting into probably early teen age. So I was yeah. like, I was at that age where like, do I trick or treat still? You know, there's a weird Ugh. time in your life where you're like, am I too old for this? I want the candy. I enjoy this. But I there's like children next to me. So I yeah. felt like that was a good way to like 
do sort of an adult costume where it just looked like I was kind of not trying. But then I was like, the moms who were handing out the candy, they're like, oh, look at you, army man. I'm like, I'm a captain. Look at the tag. <laughs> and they'd be like, hook. And I'm like, be like, and I like patch to the, the captain hook. Captain and hook. As, <laughs> as you walk away, they're like, his last year trick or treating, that's for sure. <laughs> I've got to think about his costume that hard. Oh, I, um, I did a black eyed pea. Yes. And I actually used that one uh, in college because it was an easy last minute costume to it's do. Very, yeah. Because you just get a white t shirt and you draw a big letter P on it and then you paint one eye black. That was definitely that. And then I'm really coming out of trick or treat age. I think that was maybe my last trick or treat outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like I. I, I after that, I was like the candy giver. Then I started enjoying the candy giver, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which in itself can be really fun and spooky. I remember our dad's house one year. Um, we didn't really decorate much outside. Like maybe we threw some toilet paper in the tree. and um, But we did get a good amount of trick-or-treaters. But as you recall from all of our um, cousin performances, we had this <laughs> mass of professional lighting equipment oh yes so we would uh our dad would like stay inside and when the treater trick-or-treaters would come to the door they would knock and we would play spooky music and blast our fog machine and strobe (laughs) light and like rotating red lights and he would open the door and say hello As this plume of smoke opens from this seemingly normal looking door. It was pretty spectacular. Again, I love a performance. Love the production value there. See, I think that we must have separated for some Halloweens because I didn't do the handing out candy at dad's much. I really enjoyed Old Northeast. So I think I would stay at our mom's and go through Old Northeast with our younger siblings. Yeah, we would kind of switch it up every once in a while. Yeah, Um, which... You know, when I got to non-trick-or-treating age, I don't know if you know this about Old Northeast, but it's, of course, it's like the height of spooky trick-or-treating. I mean, every house goes all out. But when you're in high school, there's like certain gaggles of teenagers that just like hang out. So then my trick-or-treating just became, I'm going to go trick-or-treat, but I'm going to go hang out with my friends on a random block. Oh, it was like going to Tyrone Mall, but like spooky. And nothing bad was happening. Nothing bad. And you were definitely where you said you were, right? I definitely yeah. was you where were I said I was. Where you said you were. Uh, so, yeah, when I aged out of trick or treating, I just became like, um, we're going to go walk around the neighborhood and like look at everything. And Was that when you were a cat? But, yeah, that's when you just like wear a tiny black dress and throw on mouse ears like mean girls. I'm a mouse. I'm a mouse. Duh. <laughs> um, yeah, I. The, I, I just, I, I love the production of Halloween. Mm-hmm. I love everything about, even when I'm not trying, I still get like too into it. So like just, just this past, uh, just this past week at work, we had um, horror movie trivia night. How was that? <gasps> Honey, it was so good. It was packed. Uh, we were busy as fuck, but I could still kind of play along. Yeah. And um, in my head, I was just, cause I kind of, as the bartender, I, there was like three different groups of people at the bar. So I kind of, I could like float between all the groups and I kind of help them or talk or gossip. And, you know, cause I'm like, the bar is a team. We're all a team right. here. Um, and my extensive knowledge. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but they, 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 it was all horror movie themed and it was all like in different categories. So like one category was about soundtracks. One was about nineties horror. One was about uh, vampires and, it was so cool. And some of it still really stumped me. Like there was, um, I am actually, I lost sleep that night because I got the final question wrong. Oh, no. you know how in a lot of trivia, like bar trivia, the final question is a put these things in order. Oh yes. Yes. So the final question was, well, I'll ask you. Yeah. Let me see <laughs> if I know it. I'll ask. So five movies, I'm sorry, five movie franchises, horror movie franchises. Scream, Saw, Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. In order of how many films are in each franchise total from least (gasps) to most. Okay. Start easy. Okay. Again. There was only one Nightmare on Elm Street. Incorrect. Wrong. Several. <laughs> um. Okay. There's definitely more than three saws and there's three screams. Sam, 
Am I wrong again? You and I went to see the oh. sixth Scream movie <laughs> together. Picturing the box set. What yeah. was I doing? No, this no. is all time, including okay. reboots, remakes, sequels. So there's definitely, there's got, there's, did Saul get to six? You know what? I don't even want to play this game because okay, I know I'm going to fail it. <laughs> so I will tell you right now, I got it all right except for one, and it got me real tight. <laughs> Least amount is Scream. There's six of them. There's more than six Nightmare on Elm Street? <laughs> yeah. What? You forget those like 80s horror movies. They were banging those things out. They oh were just churning them God. out. God. So Scream, the then Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, of which there are nine because you have to include Freddy versus Jason. Saw, there's 10 Saws. There's 10 Saws. The 10th one is in theaters right now. How did I not? Currently, as we speak. Saw we X. should go. And I got, okay, I was so back and forth between Friday the 13th and Halloween. Because Halloween's had so many variations. So many variations. But I was, in my head, I was like, there's like a thousand Friday the 13th. And I could, yeah. I could see them all like on the Amazon. Isn't there like, that weird one with Lindsay Lohan? There's, Does that one count? <laughs> what? Wait, what was she in? Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's Freaky Friday. <laughs> but Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. So Thank it's you confusing. all for listening today. We're... <laughs> We'll see you next time. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Clearly not as detailed in my knowledge. So I put uh, Friday the 13th as having the most. Halloween has more by one. Wow. And it's only because of the current remakes. Halloween, let's count them. <laughs> okay. Halloween, Halloween 2. Halloween, Halloween three. 3, Season of the Witch, which did not have Michael Myers in it. Um, but it's still counted as one of the films. Um, <laughs> Halloween. Okay, this is a fun side note. Most people may know this if you're into this. The original Halloween movie with Michael Myers, the concept was supposed to be every Halloween, they were going to release a new movie called Halloween. And it was going to be a new horror movie that takes place on Halloween night. It was never meant to be a franchise about about him. him. But it was so successful. They're like, we're gonna, we're gonna bank on this guy. We're the sequel. Oh, and I'm sequel. sure that Halloween, everybody dresses him. Oh my god. Well, yeah, because it was a William Shatner mask that they painted white. Like it was a Star Trek mask that they just painted white and like tousled his hair a little bit, and then like a mechanic's uniform. Like there's nothing to that costume, uh, but iconic sleigh. Yeah, um, literally. <laughs> um, <laughs> So Max is wearing the shirt. I'm, oh yeah, he's on my shirt. Um, I was like, "What are you looking at?" I keep looking down because it's um, very creepy. Yeah. Um. So it was never intended to be like a franchise. It was going to be new movies, kind of like American Horror Story. Like it was going to be a new concept every Which year. Which I kind of don't hate that. I was so. I I'm, think. That I mean, it, I wasn't alive then, but I'm yeah. really into this idea. But he was so popular. Movie studios are movie studios. They're yeah. like, we've got a hit. We got another sequel. Play Pull the hits. So then when it comes time for the third movie, the third year, John Carpenter, the original director, is like, we're going back to the original concept. New story, new idea, no Michael Myers. It comes out. It's this crazy story about this mask manufacturing company that some, like, Ancient witches from Ireland. What was are this one called? Halloween three seasons. Season of the, of the witch. witch. Oh, Loki, one of my favorites as a standalone film, and it got panned because where's Michael Myers? This doesn't make any sense. This is wild. They killed a kid in this movie. Like mm. it's dark and amazing, and like the most pure '80s horror you want. Like the mm -hmm. crazy soundtrack. There's robots. There's droids. There's <laughs> like men with briefcases. It's so strange, but I love it. Um, and it's dark in the end too. Anyway, it failed because it's like, where's Michael Myers? Right. So then we get to four return of Michael Myers. <laughs> they bring him back. Then we get to five, uh, revenge of Michael Myers. Oh my God. How many was Jamie Lee Curtis in? Almost all of these. Wait, there was, was she in the witch one return? No, oh, again, new come new. everything, but actually they do an Easter egg. In that movie, at one point, uh, on a TV that somebody's watching is the first movie, and you see her, and they play the original soundtrack. So it's kind of like a cool, like again, it was such a good idea. I did, I do. Anyway, like the idea. Um, I'm gonna make you watch that one day. Uh, anyway, so uh, return, revenge, 
the curse. And then uh, from there went into a, a, a brief period of rest. And then it was Halloween H2O. And then oh. she comes back. And now it's like, I think that's the one that Tyra Banks was in. Mm. And then there was Halloween Resurrection. And then like at this point, both of them have died several times in this franchise. And then it goes away. And then Rob Zombie does a remake. True. And the Rob Zombie remake was almost like a shot for shot reconceptualized, but like gorier. Uh, didn't hate that one. Uh, then he made a sequel that was really weird. Something about the ghost of his mother. I don't even know. Really weird. It goes away. And then we had the last three. Halloween. <laughs> the last three was a trilogy that uh, what the I can't think of the director. And that's like Jamie Lee is the old, you know, it takes place supposedly years after the original movie and it ignores all the other sequels it's all about trauma and Mm. loss and anyway anyway so there's a fuck ton of those yeah (laughs) 13 13 and now and that's what caused you to lose trivia and i lost it because i thought friday but did you do spooky cocktails um like yeah smoke I, on them I did um I did a uh we did a frozen pumpkin spice slushy. Oh yeah. Um and then I did a midnight margarita uh with pomegranate and activated charcoal so it turns black. Activated. Does it turn your teeth black? Uh you if it? you have a lot of it. <laughs> um, but it actually will help clean your teeth. But also I heard that's good for something in your body. I can't remember. It's good for a lot of stuff cleaning. Um it's also Though really bad if you're pregnant or looking to become pregnant, because apparently it, or no, reverse that. If you're on birth control, it can like erase the effects of birth control. Did you have to put a disclaimer out with this cocktail? Um, <laughs> we don't use that much of it, but horror yeah. night trivia is going to be the cause of a whole so generation. <laughs> That's such an odd side fact. Um, it was oh, a good time, though. It was a good time. Though. That's fun. Oh, but the original reason for this story was even when, okay, so we at work decided we're going to do a very light theme of of dress, like not even a, a costume. We were just going to be like inspired by the Adams family. Inspired. Oh, oh I love that. That's not a, t- a hard one. Either. No. And it's like, again, we're not dressing in like character. So like, uh, uh, one girl had just this like, cute little black and white dress and did pigtails. And that was like a Wednesday reference. Mm. And they look at me and they're like, well, you're Uncle Fester because I'm bald. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Rude. And even then I'm like, OK, perfect. I'll I'll just do like black jeans, black T-shirt and just a little darken around the eye. And I'll be like Uncle Fester's like cousin from Jersey, you know, like yeah. simple. But here I am hours before the shift and I have all this makeup in front of me. Like I'm whiting out my head and I'm, I'm powdering and then I'm doing these dark circles and inside my mouth, I'm like turning it black. I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And then I took a picture of myself and I'm like, I'm horrifying. I'm horrifying. Do you have <laughs> Please tell me you have a I'm horrifying. So I wiped it all off and just left a little bit of the shadow. Because I truly scared myself. I, I. <laughs> it's also the most unflattering I think I've ever looked at my life. That doesn't even look like you. I'll show to the class, I guess. I, even though I want this, I feel like. That is the most terrifying photo of you I've you, ever seen. If you see this image, like you'll be cursed. Like it's a cursed image. Um, so wow. needless to say, I kind of softened the look. Did you did you show hey, Sue your husband that? Oh look? yeah, I sent it to him, and he was like, "Oh, <laughs> honey." He was so nice. He was like, "Maybe just fix a little around the lips." <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to highlight um, when we went on a horrifying, we had a few haunted house um, build outs yes. together. Yes. Um, first of all, we just went to Hallow Scream. 
Yes. I love hollow scream. I love it. Okay. I, I, I mean, you know, yeah. from my early documentation in first grade that I'm a universal kid. Yeah. You know, I, I've written books on it. <laughs> <laughs> Extensive work on universal. Um, so obviously Halloween Horror Nights to me is like on a throne, on a mountain, right. like amazing. Hollow Scream at Bush Gardens is slapped on. It is. And I really think that Halloween Horror Nights, the production value is there. They have the money to create some really cool stuff. They and have they the have names. The IP. Yeah, they like have the, the Stranger Things, Last of Us. But when you go through those houses, first of all, they throw a lot of people in a house at once. You're yeah. in a big line. And they've got these staff members in there that are that are um in like, like a polo and khakis. In their polo with yeah. their name tag that says like Ken and yeah. and they're just like waving you on and it totally breaks that scare feeling you kind of build up. You're like, oh well, here I am. Uh but Hollow Scream, there is no excess and there's extra staff. No staff. And they do a good job to separate you. So you kind of feel like it's just your group in there. It's only like they maybe give you 10 seconds of lead, but it's just enough because of all the twists and turns. Like, because I somehow was always first in our group to go through the house. I know you didn't start first. I think Jesus started off first and then slowly but surely you were always first. I was always the first one. And it was one. just Max in crouch position going, ah, ah, as he turned corners. I have a video of it I'm somewhere. Like, <laughs> I, I love, love the just giving yourself away to the haunted house. Yeah. Like. There's so much anxiety, and I know a lot of people get afraid of haunted houses. I mean, that's what they do. Yeah. You know, and you get a lot of anxiety about being scared, and and I understand that. Like, I like we were scared of a lot of things growing up, and but there's something about, like, once you realize you're in this with a group, you're all going to look ridiculous at mm-hmm. some point. Like, you're all going to scream like a little girl. You're all going to get scared. Once you kind of just buy into that, then it becomes fun. Yeah. Like, there's... And, and there's times in this, like you said, when they space it out, like these haunted houses, sometimes like, I don't even know where to go yeah. because like, I can't see the people in front of me. It's dark. I'm crouching down. I know there's a spooky lady with a cleaver and I'm like, where do I go? And she goes, bah! Like, ah! that way. She points with her cleaver. Like even they're directing traffic yeah. in character. Yeah. Uh, and, the, the, and the production of the, the Bush Gardens, they had that kind of sultry, vampire like a Bodello of blood oh, one yes. where there was like it somebody was a little bit S and M in yeah, there. Yeah, somebody in a full leather like <laughs> or latex outfit under a candle. I was like, okay, we can stay in this room for a little bit. It's kind of a vibe. Like it's giving it's giving Fantasia. Yeah, I also did like this year. I they haven't done it in the past. Like a Christmas themed house, like spooky Christmas. That was bananas and yeah. so well done and they even had an old santa in at the end of the house he was the best he was like oh god the elves have taken over just get out get just out go. get out of here yeah it was the christmas one was awesome yeah like there was some lady like in a kitchen like carving up some nasty dead reindeer or something yeah. and it was like oh it was it was good it, it was, was good. really good and i thought their scare zones were fun um, and you know, they do, they, they will like, you know, pose for a picture if you want to pose for a picture, but then every once in a while, one will just run up on you and really scare the Ooh. shit out of you. Or one will run up on you, <laughs> stare you in the eye <laughs> to Samantha. This guy comes up, he's in like, what would you even call that? This sort of like Mad Max. He had Max. a name for it. He commented on my oh Instagram. Oh my gosh, he has a name. It's I'm like look. a buff. He said it was like a buff. Buff uh, horned baddie. No, not something. <laughs> and he run. it was like, imagine like Mad Max Fury yeah. Road, you know, drag. Horns on. Yeah. Comes up to Sam, stares into her eyes <laughs> and like pauses <laughs> and then says, you're not in St. Pete anymore, Sam. <gasps> I was like, what? And so good of him to come up with that on the fly. Like, um, Amazing, because yeah. we weren't. We were in Tampa. Yeah, we were in Tampa. <laughs> and you're St. Pete, Sam. Um, um, to recognize you in a dark theme park in a mask, not you, but him, like, and then, like, come up with, like, a one-liner yeah. and then run away like I did that. I... 
I'm not even you. Yeah. And I felt seen for you. It like- was it was pretty cool. Pretty iconic. <laughs> Um, you know, and that really got me wondering, that must happen all the time that they see people they know or like friends. Oh, I'm sure. Like how hard is that to not be like, oh my God, hey, oh wait, I'm spooky. Well, that does happen. (laughs) So back in high school, um, I did a stint as a spook at the zoo. (laughs) (laughs) So it was me, um, my friend Heather, I'm sorry, my best friend, uh, queen of my <laughs> life, uh, who I could not ever live without, Heather, and uh, our friend Thomas at the time. Uh, we got hired by uh, the theater teacher, Miss Gruns, uh, who we love and yes, we're going to have on the show future soon. podcast guest. Um, she had been doing this for a while and invited us to be a part of it. And we're like, yes, yes. So we were in a haunted house. Well, we were in an outdoor haunted house. We were in like a spooky cornfield. So the theme was that we were supposed to be these sort of like, um, like deliverance kind of like crazy hick people of the woods. So people would come through this corn maze and it's the zoo. So it's not like super scary. It's supposed to be family friendly. Yeah. But like, again, the production here. (laughs) So they gave me a wheelbarrow and I had on like farmers, whatever. And in the wheelbarrow, there was a little button that I I could hit. And when I hit the button, the skeleton would pop up out of the wheelbarrow. That's cute. So they would come around the corner and I would kind of charge at them with this thing like, my my vegetables. Uh, I would say something (laughs) ridiculous. I don't even know what. And then I would pop up the skeleton. They'd be like, oh my God. But the most iconic moment of this whole thing was Heather was hidden at the next corn, like, maze turn. So as they got spooked by me, they would turn the corner, and she stood there with a watering canteen, and she would just peek her head through with the watering canteen and scream, Get out of my garden! I could never keep a straight face when she would do that. I would have to go back and hide again because and because we had friends that came through that knew we were doing it. Oh. So it was just like, I got to stay in character. Yeah. But they, they would try to mess with us. And then it was a whole thing. There were times when we we're just like, get out of my God. Get, get out. Get, get. And then Thomas was like a zombie like prom king. It made no sense why he was in the cornfield, but you know, that, we, we did what we could. Uh, <laughs> get out of my garden. Yeah, we, I mean, we go back though. We go back spooky. We did. We did. We would build haunted houses yes. in your bedroom. My bedroom, which was maybe 10 by 10. <laughs> <laughs> like, But it was cordoned off hallways with like sheets. So my bed was in the middle of the room and we would basically set up sheets around the bed. So it kind of forced this weird little walkway. Like a square walkway. We had, we had a soundtrack. I got the CD from Party City of Spooky Sounds. <laughs> Again, all the lighting equipment Necessary. already. Like, definitely had that. Like, best fog investment. Yeah. Fog machine. Um, my favorite gag. And then we would force our parents at, like, <laughs> a specific time. <laughs> you had to come to the show. Like, there was a show time. There was a show time. And I had printed signs that I would put up weeks before. Like, Max's Halloween house. <laughs> and I'd, like, post it on my door. And, like, nobody was allowed to come in and see, like, the magic I was working in there, like Willy Wonka. Like you can't see behind the curtain of my haunted house. And I would hide under my desk. And I still, to this day, I think this was a really good gag. Although it's not something I could ever do to strangers because you're not allowed to touch people, but it was our, it was our mom. So I could, I could scare her. (laughs) So I would hide under my desk, which I had a little fake curtain under. And I'm I'm sure she knew I was under there. She takes one turn of her head around your room. I wonder where they where could be. Where could they be? Um, but they totally bought into this. But I had one of those gag 
um, handshake buzzers on my hand. Mm. Like, you know, like the old timey shock. Yeah. It's like yeah. the old timey, like hand buzzer that like you know, the, the three stooges would use like, ah, so I put that on and then I would grab around her ankle with that thing on and it would like buzz your leg. How she didn't end up with a sprained ankle from jumping away from you. And then you, I think we hid in the closet, yes. right? Yeah. I would pop out as they and you would turned pop that and corner. They turned the corner. And then they had to like walk backwards out of the room, I guess. Cause it's Worth it. Um, Worth it. Production. Um, production. Production. I I mean, a highlight for me was the one we did at Bravo Summer Camp, as previously referenced in the Summer Camp episode. They did a Halloween house. A big one, too. And, and they would have the campers come back and work the house. Yeah. And we got sort of our own, I want to say like exhibit, but like corner of the haunted house. Yeah. And our whole thing was... Mad chef. Yeah, I was so, like the spooky chef. You were a mad spooky chef with like blood on your apron and you had like all of these eyeballs and stuff on your table. <laughs> and I was under the table with my head poked through a hole and a pot over me. And I would sit, I sat under there the whole time. And as people would come into the room, you would say, ah, and lift the pot. And I would scream at them, ah. <laughs> And I think our dad was the one who showed them into he the room. He was one. So there was a few adults that were the, like the, guides. the guides. And again, and this, I get it from him clearly because like <laughs> yeah. he couldn't just be like uh, the guy. Like all the other guides were acting like they were scared and like, oh no, oh, What's we in have this to make room? our way through this. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. And like, like they they would play that bit. Him, no cape, top hat. <laughs> Come in, children. He'd do this whole voice. And he'd get to our spot and he'd like, hungry? And then I'd open the thing and then you'd scream and it was it was too much. It was too much. And I will I think I can still taste it to this day, because I had to stay under there for quite a while for multiple <laughs> nights of this thing. And they put cold spaghetti around my head and then and then ketchup on it. And I hate ketchup. Still hate ketchup. And I Got like some ketchup on my oh face my and like in my mouth, and I'm just under this like lid to a pot. Like no, it was a true close. I mean, I like was a, yeah. Like, I'm just under there for like 20 minutes at a time, <laughs> waiting, tasting this cold spaghetti and ketchup. Worth it though for the for the production. Worth it. Oh my Iconic. god. Um, another iconic costume era that, uh, I went through. So when, uh, again, my friend Heather moved to New York, uh, she and I like always love Halloween. Like we do, we, like we did the, the zoo, the zoo, the zoo cornfield. Like, we've done the, with the <laughs> get out of my garden. Um, we've done, we, we just love Halloween together. And so anytime we in New York, it was Halloween. Like we would do like a group theme cause it would be like me Jesus, my husband, uh, her, um, her partner at the time, Tyler, and then any extraneous friends that were around, uh, we would do like a theme as a group and then go out. And so one year we decided to do the Conjuring Universe. So all of our costumes Which, were... Which, by the way, another really iconic, well done franchise of scary movies. Iconic. Changed so the game. So good. The original... Oh, oh, oh. Um... Rated R simply because it's just horrifying. Yeah. For no other reason. Amazing. Um, <laughs> so um, we would do these really elaborate things for a while. So um, we decided to be all characters from within that franchise. So I obviously um, was Vera Farmiga <laughs> as Lorraine Warren because Lorraine and Ed Warren were are, they're stood they're the ghost hunter like mediums that like the whole franchise is based on their stories. So I wanted to be her. Um, so I went and got like a big plaid skirt and like a white blouse with like a frilly. She always had these like frilly yes. collars. Um, I got this sort of wig and then um, 
but I wanted to make like a special piece for her because I realized like, okay, I have this outfit. I just look like a middle-aged. You just look like a grandma. I look like a realtor. Like (laughs) Helen's out there just doing her best, you know, (laughs) I will sell this house. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty well known for my set pieces. Um, Also um, Heather was Annabelle. So she did full Annabelle doll garb. Uh, Tyler was Ed Warren. So he was my husband. (laughs) My actual husband, Jesus, was the nun, Um, which he has somehow worked into every Halloween since this. Well, he also worked at the Salty Nun for a little while. Every Halloween, it seems to be like a perfect fit for him to do something with it. We went, Alex and I went and had breakfast there and he was in full makeup walking around as the nun and it was it was the best because they all dressed as like kind of silly yeah, or like, like slutty kids. nuns he did full white full like, scary makeup the nun horrifying we went so um i decided you know my set piece i was gonna you know in anyone who's seen the original conjuring knows that like there's a scene where vera farmiga sees the music box that the kid has in in and it has a spinning mirror so I was like, I'm going to make this. Also, Where this did is you find this box? a thrift shop uh, rosary. Why that, did you buy a rosary? I have like four. Because she always has one in her I don't collection know. of Well, things. I didn't know if I was going to destroy it or something. Oh, right. I didn't, so I just got it at a, a like a thrift shop. Anyway, because um, she always had that in her hands. Yeah. Um, so this is the... This is the circus puzzle box from The Conjuring. That's very well done. And if you... Uh, keen eyes will spot this is a, <laughs> this is a birdhouse. It's a birdhouse from Michael's that I sawed the top off, put a hinge on it. And then if you open it like this. Wow. I put a mirror in it and you can spin the mirror from the top. I drilled a hole and put a little like peg down so that you can spin the mirror. And then at one point, I don't think it does it anymore. Oh, I didn't have the little clown. So we put little like Britney Spears (laughs) behind She's giving. She says, present. It did play music. I don't think it does. That is well done. I mean. I put in a little like sound effect chip in there with a button so that it could like make. (laughs) Yeah, you can't see see in there. There's like a little sound. First of all, I have questions. Okay, where did you get a saw? You saw things in your apartment in New York City? Yeah. (laughs) And then I just painted it. And so because Vera Farmiga, she looks in this box and then suddenly... (gasps) <gasps> there's something behind her um so this was my set piece that i carried to bars <laughs> but so that's where this this story then takes off because okay so we're all in our in our outfits and we're dressed up like fully fully done and we're like well we have to do something with this we have to be seen we have to right. be seen in this so we go down to chelsea and we go to um uh this big gay bar i can't remember which one it was um they were doing a halloween contest and we're like this is our ticket so we get in this bar and um the drag queen sherry pie is hosting this and for all my drag race fans that are listening you know who i'm talking about very problematic uh canceled but this was before drag race hilarious um she was very much still a criminal um anyway (laughs) so she's hosting the, the 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 halloween at this bar and they have a stage set up and they're about to start the 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 costume contest. And um, I, I, I run to find somebody and I was like, are they still doing the costume contest? They're like, oh, yeah, I think they're over there. And I go and I see Sherry Pie and she's standing by stage about to go on. I was like, is it too late to enter? She's like, oh, yeah, you had to sign up like earlier. Oh. And I was like, um, $20. Yeah. She's like, and next to the stage. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Conjuring universe. Oh, so we immediately—I just buy my way right onto that stage, and we get onto the stage. And they've—what they've done is they've built a small platform in the middle of the bar, and they put a curtain behind it. So we're all on this stage, and I'm standing in the front, like I'm kind of showing off all of our things and my puzzle box. And what I didn't know was that Tyler. had fallen off the back of the stage oh, no. because it was a false platform just in the middle of the bar. There was no wall there. So he took a step back, <laughs> grabbed for all the curtains, tears down the stage. I'm still up in the front of the stage just watching the audience like, 
doing point the show. and gag. Yeah. They're seeing the stage fall down behind me. People are running to help my friends and husband. Everybody has fallen off the stage. I'm standing there licking it up i'm like they're loving it yes everyone's pointing and laughing and then i turn around and everybody's gone tyler's on the floor i realize they were gasping in horror because we just destroyed this bar we didn't win we were second place You know I love scaring people. Like, I, you know, even okay. if it's not in a haunted house. Yes. And and speaking <laughs> of, I had to... So when we unboxed everything and we went through all our stuff, I found in my things this box of every note I ever saved. And I saved a lot of them from friends, but I also saved them that you had sent me. And when we used to be home alone after school, because especially in high school, we had a pretty long gap of time before the family came home that it was just you and I. Yeah. And that few hours, Max mm-hmm. made it his mission to scare me, like terrify me. I mean, writing in red on the mirror, like someone's in the house, like hanging notes from my closet on a string that said, I'm behind you, like crazy But you did it too, like this was was an exchange. It start. you definitely started it and then it became this battle of like, who could scare who? Because it was stemmed from Scream because we both love that movie. So it was always like, there's something inside the house. One time I did sit next to your bed for a long time <laughs> I and waited for you to come into the room yeah and i you like you laid on you got into your bed and you were just sitting there chilling out on your phone or watching tv or something and i waited a good maybe 10 minutes beside your bed laying down until like i don't know when but i had like a stuffed animal in my hand oh my god i remember and I this shoved it up in the air and i just screamed and you levit you levitated <laughs> Levitated. Um, but no, I've always I've always loved uh scaring people. I don't know why. I'm sorry if I've if I hurt anyone. Um, but there was one girl that I think about to this day <laughs> that uh I didn't get, and it really eats away at my life. So around Halloween, it, this is back, you know, when we would hang out at our Aunt Connie's often and we were it was near Halloween because I specifically remember we were decorating for Halloween and me, you and our cousin Laura were playing in the house and doing something. And one of her friends from the neighborhood was going to come over. I don't remember her name. Oh, an extraneous neighborhood friend. And also like, uh, I don't do well with I know, new, new group people. members. We learned this yeah. about summer camp. We don't do strangers. So don't she bother said us. her friend was coming over <laughs> and um, my initial reaction is, oh, Let's scare her. <laughs> like a normal, somebody I've never met. I'm like, yeah. let's scare the shit out of this person as soon as I walk <laughs> in the door. What's wrong with me? So I devised this plan and you guys, of course, went along with it because you had no choice. Um, we had a like a, a collapsible skeleton and uh, their upstairs was open. There was an opening down to the front door. You could look from the upstairs, like kind of loft area down to the front door landing. So I was like, we're going to tie this skeleton to a string. (laughs) And as soon as she walks in, we're going to drop the skeleton right in her face. (laughs) And she's going to flip out. She's going to lose her mind. Um, And so the plan was set. (laughs) Everybody was in place. Laura was the Laura was the the, the, decoy. the, the decoy. decoy. She was downstairs to yes. open the door so as to not create a scene. Um, but she knew the plan. She knew where to stand so that the skeleton would fall just right. Uh, so she opens the door. Laura moves away. The girl walks in. She's like, "Hi, hi, hi!" And that's my cue. I drop the skeleton. He lands perfectly right in her face. This bitch had the audacity. <laughs> She turned and looked at it without a skip, without a jump, without a, without a scare. She just goes, oh, 
a skeleton. <laughs> Not even a skeleton. A skeleton. A skeleton. <laughs> Ooh, a skeleton. <laughs> I put so much into that for her to just go, Ooh, Ooh a skeleton. A skeleton. <laughs> To this day, it haunts me that I did I not. I wonder who get that was. Her. We gotta go find. I've her. told this story to Laura, and she can't even remember who it was. Oh my gosh! Well, because I don't think I ever saw her again. So we, <laughs> so we know the high that you're not chasing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're constantly trying to uh, outdo that moment. Yeah, yeah. I did get you one time. We've told this story a lot, but I'm going to tell it again. Yeah, you. Yeah. Um, this is again on the same theme yeah. of always try. We were always trying in any situation in the mall, get, going to get a Christmas tree. We're hiding behind them, like always looking for the opportunity to scare each other. And one day I was sitting at our dad's house, just me and him were in the living room and Max was on the computer, which was in the room away. And uh, uh, we had the doors open because it was this lovely leather weather like we've been having. And a big moth flew in the house <laughs> and landed on the wall. I mean, like the size of a quarter, probably. Big moth. Big moth. <laughs> and we had one of those just laying around. It was uh, what you gift wine in, like a wine like the cardboard, cardboard tube. tube. So I got the tube and I did this <laughs> in silence. Our dad watched the whole thing. Got the tube, scooped up the moth, put it in the tube. Because we were using this tube to send each other letters. We were sending each other, as, as you do, from room to room. <laughs> we were delivering letters in this tube. Because <laughs> I was on the computer in right. the other room. Maybe I, that was, was our my... safe communication because the computer was always a point of contention. Yeah, it was my, it was my designated computer time. Yes. So I walk in there and I tell, I give him the tube, like <laughs> you've got a letter and I walk away and I didn't watch at all. I left I, the room. I opened the tube <laughs> and I was kind of like busy with whatever I was doing on the computer, <laughs> like roller coaster tycoon probably. <laughs> and so I was just like peering into the tube to see if I could see what she had written without actually opening it. <laughs> wow. <And laughs> as I'm turning the tube, I see something in there, and then all at once, it launches. I mean launches out of that tube right into my face, and I threw that thing so hard against the wall. And I, me and Dad were waiting, because we were waiting for something, a sound, so we're like waiting, and all we hear is the tube hit like the, ce the ceiling, and then you yelping. I think I put a dent in the wall because I threw it so hard. It's got me so good. That was one of the best get me's uh, that you've yeah, ever, ever I know, because you really had a lot. I, I didn't have as many, but the few I did have no, were good. No, yours were, like, mine were quantity, yours were quality. No, no question about that. <laughs> Uh, one thing I kind of wanted to finish with, because this has kind of started a little theme uh, uh, through our unboxing of all of our things, um, as we've been kind of going through the last few episodes. And uh, last week when we had um, Danielle from St. Peter's Ghosts on, you know, I was telling her that I had found these memories, this book of memories from our great, great Double aunt. great Double aunt. great aunt. Which you told me um, before we started, you've learned in there that she lived right by, uh, so their farm was on 4th Street where Bob Lee's is now. Yes, because we've always had a family Which connection so cool. to Bob Lee through this family. I feel like royalty. I feel like we should be treated with more but respect. I never, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's heck? our land. Um, but I didn't, I guess I never even thought about it because we always knew that we had a family connection to Bob Lee's. I didn't realized that that was our family's ancestors original land and it was like a six block radius too it was like from 17th to 5th to 13th and like two blocks down to second street and the then bob lee's is on that original property they i guess they kept that all those years so yeah you learned something I, well because i was reading this book and she started describing the the streets thankfully like very vividly and clearly and i was like wait a minute that's that's 
that's Bob Lee's. And that's, that hasn't changed, I'm assuming, the streets. Yeah, no. No, street because you street. can trace it yeah. all. Like, those are those are old numbers. I mean, it subdivided more and more, but the, the big streets never changed. Um, but as I was telling Danielle last week, I was like, I know that she has some, like, kind of spooky stories in here um, that are kind of old St. Pete lore. And um, I just, unfortunately, didn't have them dug up in time. But since then, I did some reading. And, like... She has this kind of bonkers story that I was hoping to to share with the class. Yes, please. Um, a reading from Mamaw's memoirs. Mine did. Um, you know, again, this is a like turn of the century time. We're talking mm-hmm. like very, very early 1900s. Uh, and they're on, they you know, so they have the family farm there. She's a young girl. Um, she has a horse. They have some, you know, some citrus fruits. You know, it's, it's a farmland at this time. She describes it being you know, surrounded by pine trees and they can almost see Coffee Pot Bayou from their house. So no houses there. Um, so you know, they live there for a while and then uh, eventually their aunt moved down from Virginia and bought the property uh, catty corner to theirs. So, so we're thinking where... So if you're at Bob Lee's, uh, imagine you're looking towards the Vinoy. Okay. Like catty corner, 2nd Street and like 13th Avenue. I think there's like a bank there. I'm so gonna bother these people. No, it's a house now. Like, it's in the na- it's in Old Northeast. <laughs> oh, okay. So we're looking down towards the Vinoy at this point. So uh, Aunt Lou moves to town, and Aunt uh, Lou, Aunt Lou, and uh, her husband Robert Bradley and their children and their pet parrot. Um, <laughs> Parrots also parrots important a family, later. <laughs> a family thing. Um, okay. Um, so. Uh, they moved down and they're building this big house, had these two big fireplaces, a huge chimney, wraparound porches all around, like classic big old, old house. So the kids, like when she was a kid, like they would go over to that property, they planted like grapevines and they planted um, oranges and tangerines and things and peaches. They had a big peach farm too. And uh, the kids would like go and they'd like sneak a peach or sneak some grapes. Oh, naughty. And the parrot would rat them out. What? The parrot would scream <laughs> at them that they're stealing grapes. They trained the parrot to be like a security parrot. Stop it. To watch the grapes. Can we bring back security parrots? This is a <laughs> Like security you don't parrot. have a ring doorbell. You have a security Just have this animal screaming in your living room. I'm all about it. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just painting a picture of what the, what the area looked like at the time. So all of a sudden... Uh, uh, the uncle, Bradley, Robert Bradley, who was Aunt Lou's husband, he had fought in the Civil War and uh, apparently came back very shell-shocked, very heavily PTSD, like Ugh. changed for life. So uh, she, she starts to describe this time in her life. Uh, one day, my sister and I decided to go to Aunt Lou's. Uh, we were going to go to the Grove, and I spied a beautiful ripe orange hanging down on a limb where I could reach it. All the limbs on this tree hung clear to the ground, forming a canopy. As we started over to the tree, one of the limbs on the tree twitched and jerked. There was not one sign of breeze. Suddenly, I had this horrible taste of fear in my mouth, and I knew we had to get away from this tree as fast as we could. Her sister hesitated, but I told her, run fast, for the devil is under this tree. (gasps) We arrived back at my aunt's house, breathless and scared to death. Aunt Lou calmed us down and bathed us in cold water and asked us what had scared us so. And my sister said, Maddie Lou said the old devil was under an orange tree. Aunt Lou was alarmed and she said, well, did you see him, child? And I answered, no, but a limb on that tree moved and there was no breeze anywhere. Just one single, one branch. She said that she had lots to do today and she would walk us home and she had no time to visit and to stay in our yard and... They went to see their mom. Her mom says to her that, oh, Uncle Bradley is very sick and you should not go to Aunt Lou's house uh, without a grown-up. We, we, we worry about him. Uh, so we, she said, we didn't go back for some time uh, for we had other things that kept us busy. <laughs> uh, so we didn't busy. know. We didn't know until years later that Uncle Bradley had lost his mind brooding <gasps> over the killings he saw in the Civil War. He was a little man, yet when he had violent spells, it took Aunt Lou and a male nurse to hold him down. He had told Aunt Lou in one of his spells that he was going to kill me and my sister, for we were sweet little girls and too good to live in this wicked world. (gasps) Several times, 
Aunt Lou had to wrestle a butcher knife out of his hands. His spells started to come more often. Aunt Lou called uh, his son from another marriage to come and help, and it took all three of them to bring him down. One night after a terribly violent spell, his son said, Lou, this spell does it. You have to put him in an asylum. That night, that very night, Uncle Bradley slipped out and he went over to Coffee Pot Bayou and drowned himself. (gasps) What? Poor dear Aunt Lou, look what she went through all of these years when we were little kids. We were unaware all of this was going on at the time. We didn't even know he had died right away and we didn't go to his funeral. But strange things started to happen after his funeral. Oh my God. I started to have horrible nightmares. I would see his face, but it was an evil face. And it would get closer and closer to mine. And he'd say, I'm going to get you. She didn't even know, like, at the time that anything had happened to him. Like, she just, this started to happen to her in a bed. And she's oh, like, recounting this. Oh, that is wild. She said, I'd wake up screaming and trembling. They said, it's just a nightmare. But I was too scared to go back to sleep. And they just hor- horrified me. Horrified me. One night, she had the dream. And it said to her, I have something for you. <gasps> Go over to your Aunt Lou's house and be sure no one sees you. I have something for you. Go to the front door. On the left side, start tapping the boards up on the door. The first door will be solid like hard wood. The second board will be solid like hard wood. The third board will be hollow. And there's something there for you. So the next day... She says, I went because I had to know and no one saw me and I tapped and sure enough, just like in my dream, first two solid, the third one hollow, just like the dream. I started to pry open the loose board enough to put my hand in when I realized I got this crawly feeling and I stopped to think, why should I obey an evil creature's demands (laughs) from my dream? If I did, I'd be under his control. What if there was a poisonous snake in there? Clearly. This is, there's something happened between then and now because you would have so been prying that board open with yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no questions. Uh, she ran all the way home and she was trying to get the taste out of her mouth and she couldn't do it. Her imagination was running away from her. She had to go to her thinking place, which was like a little like cubby <laughs> off the side of the house, apparently. I want a thinking place. I want a thinking place. <laughs> so she told her Sunday school teacher about this and they, she said, you have to pray and pray, make a prayer fence around your bed. And so she went to every corner of her bed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And she never had the dream again after that. So fast forward a couple of years. Oh my God. I'll try to make this. Have quick. you read this whole book now? Uh, n- in bits. Because yeah. the thing is, so the story, like I knew this, I was reading this one little section, but I was like, Wait, who was this? Who's Aunt Lou? Who's this? You kind of have to go back and then it all pieces together because it's as if she just sat there kind of telling a story in one big bit and then separated it into sections. And and Uncle Barry and wait, Bradley, Bradley, Uncle Bradley and Aunt Lou, they were her aunt and uncle. So for us, they are our great, great, great. And uncle. Yeah. So I can say my triple great uncle drowned himself in, in coffee, coffee pot, pot by you. I, me and Blue run by there every morning. Yeah. That is crazy. So fast forward a couple of years. You know, he's he's now died. Um, so she begins to tell the story about the, the neighborhood starts to change. And uh, G. Perry Snell of Snell Isle, mm-hmm. the big contractor of the day, developer of a lot of St. Pete. Uh, he had bought up a bunch of land right there along Coffee Pot and up on Beach Drive. And she says he subdivided it into lots, put down sidewalks and electric streetlights. Uh, my father had become real estate salesman working for him and selling lots for Mr. Snell. Now, once Uncle Bradley died, Aunt Lou was like, we're out of here. She gets the family and the parrot and they go <laughs> to Tennessee. She's done. She's had she- enough. <laughs> So, uh, Maddie Lou's dad, uh, working for Mr. Snell, uh, agrees to help sell the lot. Um, and they subdivided it a little bit. Um, but they were going to sell the house. They were going to sell the old house that, like, Uncle Bradley lived in. So, they finally sell it to uh, this guy named Mr. Ludwig, who was the city engineer at the time. Uh, but he planned to just rent it out on a yearly basis to people coming and going. He never lived there himself. He would just rent it out. 
So Maddie Lou, uh, she says people would stay there over a year or so, and then they would they would move out. Some of the families were very nice, and on my horseback rides, I would get acquainted with them. She had a horse. She walked over. She rode a horse I everywhere. Be her. I'd get acquainted with them. All of the f- different families that came and went always said that the house was haunted. So I'd pull up a chair and I'd sit and listen, and they all would say the same things. They all agreed on the same things. They all said in common that they could hear soft footsteps running around the wraparound porch at night. And they didn't dare open their doors until daylight, and they never saw anything on the porches. She says, well, my answer to that was that we're close to a bayhead. There's probably a lot of raccoons and possums that run around, and they're trying to get food or whatever. Uh, she's rationally trying to explain this, like worried that like the ghost of Uncle Bradley's still here. So, and then she says they heard funny sounds and rattling in the attic. Well, that must be rats, right? right. There's rats, right? right? And and certainly, uh, and then there would be nights that they'd hear moaning in the eaves. Well, that's just the wind. Surely it's just the wind. Uh, but no one would stay there very long and word got out and that, that it was haunted and he no longer could rent out this house. And, and it got so bad that it, they couldn't even sell it when he decided he didn't want to he- keep it. They, he couldn't sell it. So it just sat there. And she says it stayed empty for quite a while and town boys would meet there to, quote unquote, carry on. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so one day the house caught fire and burned completely to the ground. And it left nothing behind but the chimney standing dark and tall. There were two holes for the fireplaces upstairs and two holes for the fireplaces downstairs in this big chimney. The grape arbor had gone to ruin. Everything was just in a pitiful stage of neglect and ruin. It was a sad sight. My bedroom was on the second floor of our house and it looked directly over that house or what remains of it. So one night, She woke up in the middle of the night and she heard mumbling voices in her room and she turns in her bed and she sees her mother and grandmother looking out her window and they're saying things like, I never saw the likes of that before. (gasps) The likes of that. (laughs) And they were like, yeah, no, no, that's very strange. And they tipped out of the room. And then the next night they were back at it and they brought her sister in this time. And then she was like, oh yes, I see it. I see it. And... She was like, okay, finally my curiosity was aroused. So she tiptoes out of bed and she comes up behind them and she says, see what? And they all (laughs) jump. (laughs) Maddie Lou's funny. Maddie Lou is funny. She, they all jumped away from the window thinking she was spooked. And they were like, oh, well now we have to tell her. And they said, look out over, over the old Bradley house where the chimney is. And they say, do you see a light coming from the second floor fireplace? And she was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I do. That's Uncle Bradley's old bedroom. That's where oh that fireplace was. Oh my God, I got chills. So the next night they were all there and they watched the chimney again. And sure enough, right at dark, the light started to shine through the fireplace. And they were so frightened. They told they told her father and he's like, you all are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That tracks. So she says, okay, well, I keep on thinking in my thinking place. And I came to the conclusion that for my own peace of mind, I had to go and find out what it was. So she rides her horse, Dandy, over to a spot directly between her bedroom window and the fireplace. And she sees the hole in the chimney and she waits for dark. She says, I was scared. And I waited, and when the time got closer to dark, I really became frightened. There was this weird, desolate spot with no sound around me to be heard. My fear was transmitted to the horse, for I could feel the muscles in his back beginning to tremble. (gasps) I believe that if a screech owl had screamed at that moment, we would have both died instantly of fright. Each hair on my head stood up like a red-hot needle as I stood up on his back to see if I could see into the chimney. And just then, it all became clear in two instances. The first was that I could see clear through the chimney all the way to Beach Drive. And the second one, Mr. Snell's streetlights on Beach Drive came on and one was in direct line to shine through the chimney to my upstairs bedroom window. She immediately relaxed and oozed back down to a sitting position on her horse with a cool, refreshing feeling of a dip in a swimming pool. 
I relaxed and I had the comfortable feeling that Uncle Bradley had really been completely laid to rest. Back home gallantly galloped the brave warrior on her white steed. No one would ever know how frightened I really was. (laughs) When she got back, the ladies asked her, were you scared? And she answered, who is to be scared of a streetlight shining through a hole in a chimney? (laughs) How far we've come. The end. That is so incredible. I was just like, like this is amazing. Like yeah. she, and like how clearly she documented it and you know the 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 fear that she felt like yeah. this is like a spirit. This is his haunting timed with like this new technology that they weren't even really used to. Exactly. It just paints such a specific time in the world. Oh. And just, you know, when she realizes that I have nothing more to be scared of, it's just an electric lamp. That just was so... uh, So beautiful. Just so that. Ugh. How do we crowdfund a movie to be made? I know. I'm like, There's I'm going to write this out. There's such a movie there. We, we need a few more jump scares, yeah. but I think we're on to something. We're on to something. I mean, the, the visuals described in the dream, that She's, is scary. Yeah. And that by the scary. way, most of this book is fun, happy memories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a lovely family memoir, but that just stood out to yeah. me. How interesting such, to know that like, history in our family. We yeah. had a crazy in there. Yeah. Coffee pot by you. Uh, wow. Some say he's still down there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, that was fun. This has been fun. And uh, we'll, we'll see, see you next, next week. week. <laughs> <laughs>